why are you more committed to the ideas of your family or your friends or your group than you are of yourself? If you're going to have marriage vows for how you're committed to that relationship, that's wonderful. Why aren't you doing that with your own goals? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Next Level University, where we teach you how to level up in your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. No matter where you are now or where you've been, there is a next level. We bring you five episodes a week, four of which are solo episodes with Kevin and I, and one world-class guest to help you get there. This podcast is proudly sponsored by our friend and mentor, David Meltzer, of The Playbook Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another very special, as always, Next Level University weekly meetup Monday. This is, as we have said, week number 52. We have been doing this for a year strong. Today, question we ask you, how committed are you really? So the pre-frame to this keynote, this topic, is basically, again, This isn't about us, but we did 52 weeks in a row, and I want to open it with a super quick story. So Kevin and I decided, this is towards the beginning of COVID, sort of. Slide on over towards me a little bit. Slide it a little? Just a little bit. There you go. There you go. Good? Yeah, yeah. So it's towards the beginning of COVID, and we had talked a long time about doing a weekly, I think back then it was Hyperconscious Mastermind? I believe so. what it was called. I think so. And my power went out on the very night we were going to do it. We had it scheduled. We had it planned. We already promoted it. Power goes out. So I end up going into a mobile home and using a generator to get uh, electricity to charge my phone to make sure that we showed up. And I was on my phone on the very first one. And I think we had something like 12 or 13 attendees. And we were totally blown away. And we were like, holy crap, that was amazing. And then you and I talked afterwards. And it it started out as this little thing of basically going around the room and getting (laughs) to know each other Uh, and masterminding about these really cool topics. And here we are 52 weeks later and we're on StreamYard and we're going live on multiple platforms and big things start small, but they only get big if you're committed and that's the preframe. And one of the things that I want to commend us and the team and, and everybody that's been part of this journey is one of the things we're committed to is constant growth. So at one point, we were doing Zoom, and then we tried something else where we did a 40-minute keynote, and then we did a Zoom meetup after, and then we switched to StreamYard, and then having the, the Zoom meetup portion after. We are very committed to growth because we're very committed to contribution. The better we become, the more we grow, the more we can contribute to others, okay? So throughout this entire frame, throughout you know, the points that we're going to make, I want you to take this internal for yourself, a lot of what we're talking about today isn't just so we can stay committed to something. It's why we're committed in the first place. For us, it's growth and contribution. We want to impact as many lives as we can. And I think you know, with the proper amount of commitment, you can genuinely change the world. Before we dive into the, the topics, the meat here. The meat. The meat. So when you're on this, I want you to be thinking of different questions. And you can ask us live. So you can comment. If you're watching this, you can literally comment on it. Because we're, we're streaming right now to Facebook. Three different places on Facebook. I don't think we're streaming to LinkedIn yet. We are but... not streaming to LinkedIn yet because I jeffed us. Okay. So if, if you're on Facebook right now, you can literally comment right there. And Amy will see that come through. And then Amy's going to ask us live. So if you have any questions. And then on top of that... In the description of this video, there should be uh, Zoom credential, Zoom credentials for the meetup portion afterwards. If you're in Next Level Nation, if you're not in Next Level Nation, 
Um, you can get into Next Level Nation by DMing Kevin, myself, or Amy, and that way you can join the meetups afterwards. But uh, we're ready to rock now. Boom! So Alan and I were actually watching a little clip of this before because I wanted to frame my mind and really get into the story before I talk about it. So a lot of people are committed more to quitting than they are to staying, right? They're, they take the first excuse that comes along. I really, really am focused on running more, but it's raining out. It's a little bit cold. There's a breeze. I really want to go to the gym today, but it's cold out. It's snowing. It's raining, right? We have to stop allowing our excuses to stop us from making progress. So I don't know if anybody has seen The Pursuit of Happiness, an amazing story about Chris Gardner played by Will Smith. Chris Gardner in the early 80s was traveling around selling bone density scanners to doctors. And he was very broke. He was going through a tough patch in his marriage and he was taking care of his probably what, four or five year old son at the time. Yep. And Chris is struggling a lot. He's not making money. He's not paying his bills. He gets evicted from his place that he's living at. His wife leaves him and he wants to become a stockbroker. And they actually got kicked out of the um, apartment. Yeah. But didn't they get kicked out of the, other thing, too? What other thing? They were at uh, the community shelter. I think they got kicked out of the shelter, too. Oh, uh, the motel. They were I at think, a motel. Yeah. They literally got kicked out of the motel that they were staying in. And they ended up sleeping in a bathroom in a train station. Okay? Chris told his little son that they were going to go on an adventure. And I believe that they were in the forest running away from dinosaurs or something. And they're literally sleeping on the floor in this train station bathroom. And somebody is trying to kick down the door to get in there. And he has this single tear that rolls down his face. And that, for me, is one of the most inspirational parts of any movie I've ever seen because the level of commitment that that man stood on to get where he is today. Now, a lot of people know who he is. Chris Gardner is an entrepreneur, and he's very, very successful. But would he be if he didn't have that level of commitment? If he didn't go get a job as a stockbroker when nobody thought he would make it, right? He was literally you know, sleeping and showering in the sink and he lost one of his shoes and he went through absolute hell to get that job. But at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, he gets it and he leaves and he's crying and it's this super, super inspirational and motivational thing. But there's so many people like Chris Gardner who quit. They're not as committed as he was. They're not that committed and that's why they don't make it. So, are you listening more to your excuses? Are you more committed to your excuses and quitting than you are to staying? Because that's something you can shift, right? That's something you can shift. But every story out there, everything that's inspirational or motivational to you probably came down to somebody staying long enough to be successful and staying committed long enough. So when he lost his shoe, he actually was hit by a car. Oh, classic. And I, don't, I don't know how much of that is accurate, exactly. but we're going to use it for this meetup. <laughs> it said inspired by a true story, so we're not sure if he actually got hit by a car in real life. We're going to have him on, and when we do... He was on his way to a meeting. I actually watched it this weekend with my girlfriend, and he was on his way to a meeting, and he literally... The guy was like, you got to go to the hospital. He's like, no, i got to get to a meeting. And then he ended up going back to work with one shoe. Mm. And again, that's what we're talking about here today is like, how committed are you? Obviously, that's an extreme, extreme, extreme example. You probably should go to the hospital and get checked out. But... The question is, what is your level of commitment? I want you to keep asking yourself that. From zero to 10, how committed am I? So I've talked about this a lot in my very early speeches many, many years ago. This was like five or six years ago. But basically, I talk about vision. And when you meet that special someone, 
So all of us have met someone special in our life who we were incredibly attracted to and we felt love for. And then all of a sudden we started going into the future and we started thinking to ourselves, like, what would it be like? What would our wedding be like? What would our kids be like? Where might we live? Okay, are we going to have dogs or are we going to have cats? Like that vision, all of a sudden you, you meet this person. Maybe you're only on your fifth, sixth, or seventh date, but you're already envisioning the wedding. You're already envisioning what life could be like. My question is, why are we not doing that with our careers? Okay, if you find that thing that you love to do so much, you will start to have a vision for your own future of what you can do with that. And I know many people listening or watching this this right now probably found that special someone and many of you actually ended up marrying them and that those visions ended up coming true. Here's my question. Were you committed to those visions and is that why it came true? Ask yourself that question and contemplate that because again, we all could create a brighter future. We all are capable of far more than we're currently demonstrating. We all have a spotless future as of this moment, every single one of us. And we could shift anything we want. We all have the power of choice. The question is, though, are we actually going to follow through on those visions or are we just going to let them stay visions? I was on the phone with one of our amazing listeners. We don't have fans. We have family. Uh, And we were talking the other day. And I realized very quickly that she is more committed to other people's beliefs and ideas about her than she is to her own beliefs and ideas. And that's nothing against her. I think a lot of us deal with that. And if you don't have the level of self-belief to create your own vision and to create your own goals and to paint that picture of the life that you want, it's easy to fall into seeing what somebody else wants for you and, and deciding, you know what, that's all I can have, right? That's, that's as far as I can get. I can only have what this person wants of me. And I realized very quickly that in order for something to change in her life, we were going to have to talk about that. We were going to have to dig deep on why are you more committed to the ideas of your family or your friends or your group than you are of yourself. And I think at the end of the day, we have to really get clear on why are you thinking the way you're thinking? We used to be the Hyperconscious Podcast. And when you change the way you think, you change the way you act and you change the way you live. But you have to figure out why you're thinking the way you're thinking to begin with. Alan and I have had a lot of really, really deep conversations over the last week or so about a lot of the beliefs that I am stuck with, that I've been committed to for the last 20 or 31 years of my life. But the first step is always awareness. So what thoughts are you committed to right now that aren't serving you? What thoughts are you committed to that are holding you back? What thoughts are normal to you that you're committed to. Like, you've never thought about them before because that's just the way it is. Our goal in these meetups, our goal in our episodes is to inspire, to motivate, to educate. But a lot of times we want you guys to ask the hard questions that other people aren't willing to ask you or maybe other people don't know how to ask you. So what are the ideas that you have that you are committed to? Maybe they're somebody else's. Maybe they're limiting beliefs, right? Maybe... You know, there's somebody from your past. If they're holding you back, how can we get you to commit to another thought, to another action, to another way of thinking? So one of the things that I, I want to talk about here quickly as well is going back to the Chris Gardner thing. And Kevin mentioned belief. Belief and commitment are very tied together. So in The Pursuit of Happiness and in that story of Chris Gardner, 
that internship to be a stockbroker, I think there was like 60 people and only one was chosen and it was an unpaid internship. So it was unpaid and only one person ended up finally getting the job. And I guess my question that I want you to contemplate is if he didn't believe in his own ability to get that job over the other applicants, why would he have committed to that? Why would he have risked being paid no money for three months or 60 days or however long it was if he didn't believe in his own abilities. And so if you find yourself not very committed, I want you to ask yourself another question, which is like, who's my hero? Is your hero Oprah Winfrey? Is it Tom Brady? I don't know. Is it, is it Jennifer Lopez? I want you to ask yourself the second question. How committed were they? Mm. Jennifer Lopez literally said, I was told I can't sing, I can't dance, I can't act. Even after I became famous for these things, I was still told that I wasn't able to do it. And she literally says verbatim in an interview that I watched that if I listened to those people, I would be sitting in a room alone doing nothing. And she says, only you know what you're capable of. Unfortunately, we've been told since we were little kids what we can and can't do. Don't do that, do this. Don't do that, do this. That's all conditioning. And I wanted to make sure I mentioned that too. The other thing I wanted to talk about a little bit was, so Kevin and I talk a lot about mission. The mission is simple. We want to inspire, motivate, and educate people to be more successful, but also fulfilled. That's what we're about. That's what we're doing right now. That's what we live and breathe every single day. Okay? We know our mission and we know our goals. The question is, do you? And one of the stories I wanted to tell is maybe you've been in a marriage, or maybe you've seen a marriage where they had vows, okay? When a couple gets together and they make marriage vows, what they're doing is they are committing to that relationship. And they are showcasing in advance how they intend to show up in that relationship. I commit to love you unconditionally for the rest of my life. My question for you is, if you're going to have marriage vows for how you're committed to that relationship, that's wonderful. Why aren't you doing that with your own goals? Have you ever made a vow to yourself? I've made many vows to myself, and some of them were super big and super challenging that I have broken. I remember early on um, after COVID, so the, the gyms here were closed for like three months. Oh, yeah. And I didn't work out. I was working out in my closet, basically. Um, I had like a pull-up bar in my, in my closet, and it was so kind of depressing for me because I really didn't feel like I made progress and a lot of my hard work felt like it was dwindling away. And uh, I remember driving to the gyms the first day they opened. I was so pumped. And I literally had tears of joy coming down my cheeks on my way to the gym. And after that, I vowed, I committed to work out every single day. There's actually me saying this on podcasts and publicly, by the way. Uh, 40 minutes of weight training a day for the rest of my life. I was committing, making a promise to myself to do that. I failed. Okay, I did. I went like three months, maybe four, and it was unreasonably difficult, okay? But I'll tell you what, I worked out a hell of a lot more than someone who never committed. See, we're afraid to make vows. We're afraid to commit because we're afraid to fail. I just admitted to every single one listening that I failed at my own commitment to myself. But I worked out a hell of a lot more than someone who's too scared to at least say it to themselves and say it to the world. Okay, I still work out five days a week now. I just tweaked the system. But you've got to have commitments with yourself. 
So ask yourself, what have I committed to? Have I committed to being a good friend? What does that mean? Have I committed to being a good employee? What does that mean? Have I committed to a mission or a goal? What is my level of commitment, zero to 10? If it's not a 10, you're not going to get level 10 results. Mm. One thing I've seen is if you're not committed at a level 10, anything above the level of commitment that you have will take you off your, your path. It takes a level of com- commitment to tune out the noise. And it's, it, the more I think about it, the more I almost expect it to be par for the course for somebody to doubt anything somebody else is doing. Right. And I never really expected that before. But I see so many people who have this, this greatness inside of them. They have this idea. They have this thing that they want to do. But their commitment, it might be at like a level five because they don't believe that they can do it. But somebody that they value at a level seven or eight or nine tells them they can't do it. Right? We have to figure out a way to up that commitment. A couple ways. Accountability groups, throw some money on it. Like, Go to your friend and say, hey, if Alan came to me and said, hey, I am committed to hitting the gym the rest every day. Once, you know, 40 minutes weight training every day for the rest of my life. Here's $500 or I'm going to give you $100 every time I miss. I guarantee Alan would have made it a lot longer. For sure. And I would be a lot richer and that'd be amazing. <laughs> Maybe you want to do that, we can do that. You'd be making about 200 bucks a week. That'd be good. That'd be good. That adds up over time. Huh. So I think that one of the things I have written down, and you can take this too far for sure, but one of the best ways to take the island is to burn your boats. Okay, this is something I did early on in our journey. Again, I don't recommend this for everybody, but a lot of people talk about having a plan B. And I've always kind of been against having a plan B because that means you're not 100% committed on plan A. You're planning for it to go wrong. You're planning to have something to fall back on. I remember back in the day I was working at a gas station. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later, but I was training to be a professional fighter. And I used to have like customers that would come in all the time and they knew that's what I wanted to do with my life. And they always used to say like, well, what are you going to do if that doesn't work out? And I, I remember saying this all the time. I don't believe in a plan B. Like either I make it or I'll figure something else out. I burned my boats there and I had to jump around from job to job because I didn't make it. But I also burned my boats when we started this journey. And I feel like it's going to force you to level up in ways that you never thought you would have to. It's going to force you to learn things you never planned on learning. It's going to force you to face things that you never planned on facing. It's going to force you to become something that you never planned on becoming. And it's, it's almost like the necessity just becomes way higher, when, especially when you publicly state it. You hear us talk all the time about how mm-hmm. this is our thing and we love it and we want to inspire a billion people. And I remember telling my mom and my grandmother I would never punch another time clock in my entire life. Like I said that very confidently. I burn my boats. And again, it's not for everybody. But if you don't have that level of commitment, the sleeping on the, the floor to go to the job interview to get to the job to change your the life of your family and your your children, right, to get rejected a bunch of times to face something in yourself you never thought you were going to. The level of commitment determines the level of grit, the level of skills, the level of fears, the level of discomfort. Like that, that is it at the end of the day. And if you're not committed, it's way easier to walk away from and say, well, I could have been that. I could have done that. And that's not what you guys want. You wouldn't be watching this. You wouldn't be listening if you had already had that built-in excuse. Like, ah, I didn't really, I didn't really care about it that much, right? It's easy to have an out if you don't want to be all in. 
Ladies and gentlemen, if you are watching this or listening to this, it's obvious that you want to get to the next level of your life. We can help you get there faster. In three months from today, your life can look completely different. Here's how. Group coaching. Here's what you're going to get. So you're going to get bi-weekly calls with Kevin and myself. You're going to be on a team of 10 like-minded, growth-oriented individuals. You're also going to be in a WhatsApp chat with Kevin and I and the entire team, 24-7 access to chat. Also, you're going to get bi-weekly progress reports and peak performance tracking. Guys, this is a great opportunity for those who can't afford one-on-one coaching with Alan and myself. We have helped dozens and dozens of people get to the next level at this point. Go to nextleveluniverse.com, click group coaching, or find the link in the show notes. Talk to you soon. This is actually end up ending up to be a, a more powerful topic than I thought. This is this is absolute fire. I just want to remind everybody, if you do have any questions, type them into the chat and Amy will be able to say them to us. If you have any questions live, we welcome them. Do yes. not be afraid to interrupt us. Please ask. There are no bad questions. Um, there really aren't. So we are open and honest here. We will tell you what we believe. All right. So the next thing that we have to talk about here is failure. And I already mentioned failure a little bit, but how much failure can you handle? And what do you do about it? So you could talk about a lot of famous different failures. Um, you could talk about how Michael Jordan was literally um, kicked off of his JV or his varsity high school basketball team. You could talk about how he basically says that he took 29 game-winning shots and missed. So he lost to the game for his team 29 different times. How he lost over 300 games in his basketball career. But he's still the best basketball player to ever live, arguably. But that's the thing. He says, I failed and I failed and I failed. And that's why I succeeded. is because he just tried more and more consistently than everybody else. And so there's not a single success story out there who didn't fail along the way. And, you know, we talk about this all the time. Fail forward. You know, we didn't come up with this idea for StreamYard until 52 weeks in. If you There's were, a question. Oh. Hammer it. All right. What is the first step towards making a commitment? Interesting. I, I'm going to go with clarity. I'm going to go with clarity. You got to be crystal clear on what you want to commit to or else you're just making an empty promise. There has to be a reason behind commitment. A good example. Okay, this is this is a good example. So Taryn asked me the other day, she said, hey, are, do you have any interest in learning Spanish with me? And I literally was going through my mind thinking like, okay, do I want to do that? Do I have the time? Is that something? And this is the word I used. I said, babe, I would love to learn anything with you. Anything that brings us closer is amazing. I just don't know how committed I can be to doing that. There's so many other things right now that require my attention. Mm. I would hate to sign up for something with you and then let you down. That right there, I, I didn't have the necessity to do it, right? I, if she wants to learn it, awesome. She can speak to me in Spanish and I'll try, to, I'll try to decipher what she's saying to me. But I just didn't have the commitment level. So is there necessity there? Number one, do you know why you're doing it? Number two, and then what is the downside of not doing it? I would say number one is is clarity. That's the first step. Yeah, I, I second what Kevin said with the clarity piece. The only thing I would add, and I'm going to go a different way with this, uh, you have to try to understand the downside of not committing. So in high school, I took a course called Discrete Mathematics, and it was basically logic. If you truly want to understand something, you have to invert it. So what's a good example of that? Okay, uh, so 
you let's say a person wants to commit to exercise five times a week for the rest of their life. What you need to do is look at the pain of not doing that. So what's the first step to commitment? It's yes, understanding clarity what you actually want. So let's say you want a great physique. Okay, what must I do to get a great physique? Okay, I must exercise five days, five days a week. Okay, what is going to happen if I don't do that? So clarity is the first step, but you have to have an opportunity cost. And to answer the original question here, to make this a little clearer, there's two people. One person wants to run every day for fun, and I, I love that, like, hell yeah. But the other person wants to run for fun, but also signs up for a half marathon 30 days from now, or three months from now. Who's more likely to run for fun? You have to put yourself up against something where the pain and discomfort is greater not taking action than taking action. So uh, Emilia and I, when we first met, I told her there's nothing that I wouldn't do to improve the quality of our relationship and for her except for something that is outside of alignment with my highest self. So if you're out there right now, think about the person you love most in the world. Okay, what would you do for them? The answer is almost anything for all of us. Why aren't you doing that for yourself? So what's the first step to commitment? Number one, understand the importance of it. There's a reason why there are marriage vows. That's what marriage is. It's a commitment. I'm going to be with you for the rest of my life until death do us part. Have you ever committed on that level with anything when it comes to your own promises to yourself? And if you haven't, I would argue underneath that is a lack of self-belief or a lack of courage. Hmm. Another, There's another one. Oh my goodness gracious, hammer it. Keep them coming. All right. How do you continue to do the thing you really want to do when you have extreme people-pleasing tendencies? Oh, oh, oh that's question. a great question. I'm going to let you handle this one first. You want me to go yeah, first? Well, you I was going to go snag some water. Yeah, it seems like you were trying to, trying to run away, so we'll just <laughs> let you do this one first. <laughs> All right, before I grab some water. Um, Did I Jeff you? No, no, no. Okay. No, you're good. You're good. I just thought you were going to go first. Um, how do you commit to something when you have people-pleasing tendencies. Yeah, yeah, again, it comes to understanding the downside. It comes to realizing this, this. Okay, I want you to imagine that Kevin and I start a nonprofit together. And this will connect. And we want to help boys without fathers. Okay? And we, we get, the community donates $100,000. And we have $100,000 to help Boys Without Fathers in Worcester, Mass. Okay. We could go out and give all of that money to Boys Without Fathers one time. Or, or we can use that money to build a nonprofit that is profitable every single year. And we can donate 40 grand, then 80 grand, then 160, then 320, then 640. The point I'm making, sustainable, it's not sustainable to, to appease others. It's shallow thinking, and, it, and I don't mean that in any negative way. You cannot give away what you do not have yourself. If I want to consistently and sustainably donate money, I must be really good at making money. If I want to consistently and sustainably inject belief into Kevin, I better be having and building my own self-belief. If I want to give love, I better be really good at self-esteem and building my own self-love. And I think that that's the key 
appeasing is not a winning sustainable game and you have to understand that and once you do you'll start to shift more towards what is appeared outwardly as selfish but it's actually selfless as long as you're doing it for others in the long run i would say get get on or around a team who you can actually leverage that i think that's one of the reasons that next level team is doing so well is we had a lot of people who sometimes obliged and they might be considered obligers in the four tendencies a book by gretchen rubin great book uh but when you're on a team of people who want to see you succeed it's actually kind of a win because you feel like you're part of a community and you want to uphold your part of that community you want to uphold your responsibility so I think it's probably taking small, small actions. So one of the things I wanted to talk about, and this connects, so many people are holding on to identities. So we talked about the ideas that you're committed to that other people have. Okay, there's another question. Oh my good God. It has to do with identity. So <laughs> well, hammer like... it. Hammer it. Okay. We appreciate you, Amy. Yes. Always interrupt us yes. genuinely. Yes. I... <laughs> I know it's hard. I hate I hate interrupting. It's all look at anyway. I'm, I'm making the hard hands. It's all love. I'm making it back to you. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the level of commitment I know I need to pursue my dream re- requires a change in identity, which causes insane resistance, as well as questioning if my goal is in alignment. What advice do you have to change the default of who you of who you were or should be versus who you could be? Mm. I don't think anybody else can decide what alignment is for you. I think at the end of the day, you're the only one who really knows that. And I think... I said this to somebody the other day. She said, when I go home, I tend to revert and I tend to think small and I tend to let the opinions of other people really, really hold me down. And I said, well, what if I was there? Like, what if when you went there, I was there too? Would that shift the way you thought? Again, I think it's community. I think that You've heard the saying that we're all products of our environments, and whether that's true or not, I don't know, but what would happen if you change your environment? Wouldn't you become a different product then? Again, the Next Level University team is crushing it. Like, we just had, you know, two or three people over the last week have 100% on their system of success, meaning over the course of a week, they did every single habit every single day. 12 habits. 12 habits, yeah. 12 habits every single day. And that is, like, unreasonably difficult to do. But we have that culture, okay? Maybe you're in a culture where you should, the people around you don't believe you should try hard or they don't believe you should set big goals or they don't believe you should step into your greatness or they believe you should be quiet and, and sit back and play small. What if you got on a team or what if you got in a community or what if you had inputs into your life that directly disagreed with that? I think when we lean into what's normal for us, we're going to continue getting the results the results that we've always gotten. And I think we just have to switch the inputs. I genuinely, I don't know that there's any quick snap your finger and it's going to change. I think it's the people that you surround yourself with. And I'm very blessed because my family has supported this mission, but I know not all families are that way. You do not have the opportunity to choose your family, but you do have the opportunity to choose your growth family. Fire. Fire, fire, fire. Uh, The only thing I would say about this is I remember uh, we went to an event called High Performance Academy back in 2018? 2018. I believe it was 1932. 1932, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you about this face cream. (laughs) Um, No, so basically it was in Arizona. And when we came back, I was reaching out to a friend of ours, or who's now a friend of ours, but his name's Anthony Trucks. 
And I was telling him how I felt really off and I felt really weird. And he said, honestly, and he audioed me back and he basically said, that's, that's what those events are designed to do. You're supposed to come into a new environment and transform. And then when you go back to your old environment, you're supposed to feel out of sorts. You're supposed to feel weird and like you don't fit because you're trying to reacclimate as a new version of you in that environment. We were on book club on Saturday and we're reading a book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And there was three main takeaways for session one of the book club, Next Level Book Club, by the way, for anyone who wants to join, join Next Level Nation, ask, DM us, ask us about it. But there was three main points. Number one, how do you see yourself? And the best way I can describe this to answer the original question is like, close your eyes and look at yourself from the ceiling. Can you see yourself sitting there or standing there, depending on what you're doing? See, you think that the way you're wired is you. When in reality, you can detach from that. You can literally, every one of us can imagine us on the moon looking at the earth with us on the moon right now. So without getting too esoteric, you can detach a little bit from your behaviors and then redesign them. Instead of living and working in your life, you can actually work on your life. And that's what coaching really is. You're not actually doing anything in coaching. You're working on your life instead of in it. Um, an analogy for this is a plane crashes in the jungle and the crew is chopping down bamboo to try to get to the village and then the captain climbs the tree and says, hey, the village is right there. You guys are chopping that way. They're working really hard, right? They're doing what they know how to do, but they never climbed the tree to look at the big picture. And so the, the advice that I would give you is, I second what Kevin said, you're going to feel a little weird in new environments. That's par for the course, getting outside your comfort zone. The second thing is you have to realize that your habits are not you. That's just your conditioning. And you can recondition anytime you want. You just have to decide to and realize that it's going to be difficult. You know, it, it hurts the hermit crab when they go get a new shell and they have to risk not having a shell to get to a bigger one. Um, any opportunity we have to throw a hermit crab in here is like, <laughs> honestly, I'm, I'm all about it. That, that's something that I had written down here is, again, I've talked about this in the podcast. I don't know if I've ever done it on a meetup, but I was for a long time, I was the townie gas station guy. And again, nothing against any of these jobs. They just were negative to me at the time in my life that I was dealing with them because I felt very trapped. I felt very stuck. I didn't, I didn't expect to make it very far in life. Okay. I was a gas station attendant. I cleaned bathrooms in a hospital. I drove a truck. I drove a forklift. I was in the fire academy. I did construction. I was a personal trainer. I jumped from job to job after I burned my boats. I didn't go to college. But I had this identity of the underdog, of the kid who is never going to make it, of the kid who grew up in a family who might have been in trouble with the law, of the kid without a dad, the kid who didn't have any money, like all of that. That was my identity for the first 25, 26 years of my life. That is something I am very, very committed to untethering from. That's something I'm very committed to looking in the mirror on. And a lot of what we're talking about is, are you committed to taking action and getting out of your comfort zone and all of that stuff? But what you have to be committed to is unlearning a lot of the stuff that you have learned and that has become part of you. And that's painful, like Alan said. Like, that is one of the most painful parts of this journey has been looking in the mirrors of, well, why do I feel this way? Why do I think this way? Why do I act this way? That whole thing. 
So you'll hear Alan and I talk very consistently about going through the weekly identity crisis. That's why, because we're so committed to being the best men that we can be. But if I didn't shift those identities, if this person who is asking that question doesn't start to shift those identities, Alan and I wouldn't necessarily be here talking to you, or we wouldn't know what we were talking about. Sometimes I do, I do wonder whether or not we do know what we're talking about, but that's nor here nor there. We might not be here, you might not be here, none of this would be a thing, right? So I just think that maybe you need somebody in your life, Alan did this for me, maybe I can be that for you, Alan can be that for you, this podcast, this meetup, the team, whatever it is, but you need somebody to let you know, like, hey, look, I know you think you're all these things, but you're not, you're actually amazing. Maybe nobody's told you that yet, and you need to hear that. Fire, so true. Get around people who believe in you. I would like to believe that, I, I honestly am starting to believe that that's a requirement. If yeah. you want to succeed, I think getting around other people who want to see you succeed is becoming a requirement in my consciousness. I just think that the people you spend time with is the most important thing. Um, I would love to believe that, you know, if you're spending all your time with people who don't believe in you and keep you down and, and criticize you when you fail forward that you can still make it out. I just don't know if I believe that anymore. And even if I do think it's possible, I don't think it's probable. You know, don't take that risk. I think that uh, if there's anyone who makes you feel outside of alignment, just really reflect on that and say, okay, from zero to 10, how aligned am I with my highest self? If you're an eight, okay, why am I an eight? Well, this person kind of puts me down. Okay, just spend less time with them. And, and, I wish it wasn't that way, but I really, I don't think I can congruently communicate anymore that it's not. If you're, if someone else is making you feel less than, I do think you need to leave that room. I just do. Um, and hopefully that, that helps. And it doesn't make them a bad person either. Right. That, that's not what it is. Think of it this way. If you were stuck in a room with five people and every single one of those people said, hey, we can't get out of here. Like we're, we're stuck in here. This is, this is where we live. This is what we do. Like there is nothing outside of this. And then Alan and I walk in the door and say like, Hey, what the are you guys doing in here? And everybody says like, well, this is where we have to be. Like we're stuck here. And we took one person out of that room and said like, no, you can come with us. Like we just, we just got to walk out the door. It's a completely different life. So the question I always ask people is, would you switch lives with the people that you're taking advice from? That's a powerful yet painful question, but a lot of people want to have a podcast or they want to be speakers or they want to be coaches or whatever it is. They're far more likely to take our word for it than they are somebody who doesn't have the result. And more often than not, it's the people who don't want to see you succeed at the highest level who are giving you the bad advice. Not because they don't want to see you succeed at the highest level, because they don't know how to or they're afraid to watch you go or more and most importantly, they're afraid to see you get hurt. It's not that they want to see you fail. They actually don't want to see you fail. Right. So they try to hold you tight. Now, is it painful? Sure. But we know that there is a lot of fulfillment and joy and pleasure on the other side of the pain. And that's what growth is. It you, you need a little discomfort to grow anyway. So I just went off the rails. I don't know what I'm talking about. But. No, no, no. It's good, man. So uh, one of the last things I want to talk about here, we've literally got a minute on the clock. And thank you again for all the fire questions. It was awesome. Uh, so I don't know, think about high school or middle school or college when you were on a, a group project, anytime you were on a group project, okay, or on a, on a sports team, anything like that, a team environment, I would be willing to bet that some people on that team were super, super committed. They were the ones just leading the charge, just showing up to every meeting, doing the extra work, putting in the extra hours, and I would be willing to bet there were laggards. 
And I've been on both ends of that, genuinely. I've been project leader, and I've also been like, ah, I don't really care about this that much, and I'm sorry that I'm holding the team back, right? The point is this. Your actions are a reflection of your commitment. So my girlfriend, Emilia, got a really, really high GPA at a very, very successful, um, well-recognized college. And when she was in college, she was on a lot of group projects, and she would always go above and beyond. It's literally just who she is, like genuinely. I've never seen someone put more conscious effort towards excellence at her age ever in my entire life. Like, and I, I tried talking to her one time and I, I remember her talking about how like in college she would struggle because a lot of other people weren't putting in as much effort as her. And I said, sweetheart, she, they're just not as committed. You had a 3.92 GPA. Like, y- you're committed at a higher level. Most people don't care to get a 4.0. You know, and if they did, they would put in the same amount of work as you. You know, she's one of those people who, like, the project is, like, supposed to be a mock, like, pretend project, and she'd end up bringing it to, like, the state senator, you know, to actually make real change in the world. Like, she's that, she's at that level. And so your behavior is actually a reflection, whether you want to admit it or not, of your commitment. If you and I go to the gym together, I promise you I'm going to have a higher awareness of if you're more or less committed than me. One of my buddies, uh, Nate, is more committed to his fitness goals than me. I'm certain of it. You know how I'm certain? I've been to the gym with him. I've seen his physique. So your results are a byproduct of commitment. And so if you want that dream car or that dream home or that dream relationship, you're going to have to be committed to the work necessary to achieve it. And we're not here to sugarcoat it. We're here to teach you the truth. And that is the truth. Commitment comes first. Results come second. Boom. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are committed to getting to the next level in your life, head over to nextleveluniverse.com. Click group coaching. We have uh, group three open. And as always... We don't have fans. We have family. Talk to you soon. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always for joining us for another episode of Next Level University. One podcast episode can change your life forever. If you got value from this episode, please share it with someone you care about deeply. And we will talk to you on the next one.